Welcome to the Yellowhorn Podcast, Episode 4. This week, Zach and I sit down with Pokemon TCG content creator, Jarushan, and discuss this past week of online tournament results. As always, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by GG Tour. GG Tour is a premier esports tournament organization who runs tournaments not just for PTCGO, but plenty of other popular online games as well. Go check them out at ggtour.com. Yellhorn Podcast, Episode 4 now, guys. Special guest today. Jarashan, what's going on, guys? Um, it's going to be a great one. Uh, again, we had LDF last week. Today, we got Jarashan. So, two great guests uh, on the podcast. So, super excited, Zach. I didn't think we'd ever make it to episode four, to be honest with you. But uh, it's, did I. it's been there's gr- no way, like <laughs> no way. <laughs> it's been growing though. People like it. Uh, we I like doing it. Um, and and if we're able to get awesome guests like this every week, then it's worth it. So, uh, Sean, what's going on, man? You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, Sean Jarashan on YouTube. Uh, I haven't made a video at actually like a month now, but you know, you work on little things here and there. And, uh, I think, you know, one thing that we've been chatting about is how, uh, the, the format is also just, it feels so stale. So yeah. I'm like, eh, personally, but yeah, I make YouTube videos and, uh, I also play Digimon. So I'm a trader. Um, but you know, other than that, that's just, I'm just here chilling, chilling with chill TCG and, and Zach. That's what's up. Yeah. It's all good, man. I mean, we'll, we'll, We'll talk about Digimon just a little bit. That'll be interesting for some people, you know what I mean, just to cover it, because uh, it's something that me and Zach probably don't know too much about, right? So I'm interested to hear about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, I I don't know. I mean, that was a pretty good rundown of who you are. Uh, I'm not going to... Oh. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, this is a big one. Yes. This, this is the, the plushie for the for the podcast that I, that I do, the Meta, Metapod. Right. I think I'm the only Metapod stand out there right now, to be frank. Metapod. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if we could get like a Vielhorn dude as a plushie, yeah. I, I would totally like... That'd be sick. Maddie and I have a lot of personal jokes about that guy. And I mean, I don't know what happened to his face, but yeah, he doesn't have a nose. Yeah, he doesn't have a nose, yeah, which know. we noticed, but he's on the he's actually on the <laughs> graphic. So like on our overlay, Sean, he's like down here on the bottom left and uh, like right next to you. Uh, and he's uh oh yeah I, i've seen the graphics and he's just like yeah he's just the horn yeah he's got the horn going yeah hey, he's a weird i will say you could, buy some, you could buy some vuvuzelas or something like that and then like you know yeah fancy him up is I, that what the is that is that what the horn's called well that's the south african version of the horn if you watch the south african world cup in 2010 that's what everybody hated was the vuvuzela but it kind of looks Rick. like that i mean it's just a generic horn does but, it have? Uh, does that have two things though, or is that just like a weird Pokemon thing? No, I think that there might be a double-ended horn, if you will. There yeah. probably is one. This is lots of weird instruments, but yeah, I would definitely look into something like that. That could be, you know, you could start a podcast like you know with the horn. We could have somebody on like. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what we talked about. It's just getting horns and just blowing them at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, I was actually getting. I was thinking about getting the kazoo kid ripped. Yes. Like, <laughs> see, and Maddie's Maddie's like, I don't know who the kazoo kid is. I didn't know. I, didn't I was like, know. excuse me, like, under which rock do you live in? I think I it, that might be an age thing, right? Is that like a meme from a different era? And so probably is. It, it, that might be. I don't showing know. Our age. I mean, I'm 22. I don't. How old? I was. I mean, I remember when memes weren't a thing. You know what I mean? So if it was a meme, then I should have known about it. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that one just like went over you because, like, I mean, I feel like Sean and I shouldn't know about. It. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I feel like the younger kids know about every single meme ever. <laughs> they do. But I mean, Maddie, have you watched Homestar Runner? I don't know what that is. 
So that's a whole meme you don't know. <laughs> you know what that is, Zach? Oh, wow. Okay. You're, you're falling on deaf ears, bro. He's so anybody out there that's, that's watching this, Homestar Runner, Trogdor. Yep. Oh, that's. Wow. I'm just going to say that. And then just, just comment in the YouTube. Are you, uh, uh, you know, burninating the peasants? Are, are you just dating? Are you dating yourself right now, Sean? Is that what you're doing? Oh, I, I, yeah, I am very much dating myself, but I don't care. I don't care. That's okay. I, I bought a bunch of base set to fossil cards so that I could play the Ooh. format from when I grew up. So Ooh. that's, that's uh, that sounds fire. I'm dating that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't uh, like boss's orders. Have or... you been liking those formats? Or... I haven't played them. I just, I, I got onto uh, Jason Klasinski's blog um, and I took all of his deck lists and that, that was my birthday present to myself was to buy a bunch of old cards in lightly and moderately played condition to build yeah. based on fossil decks. I mean, that sure. stuff's still pricey, but as long as it's not like PSA graded, as long as it's not like super pristine, then it's you, it's it's doable if you really want to, if you, you know, if you can. Um, the PSA one Charmanders, the PSA one, <laughs> the half burnt. Yeah, exactly. Bench. The one yeah. with the whole puncher that the kid wore around as a necklace. It's the laminated. Jesus piece Charizard. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. You gotta, I mean, it sounds fun. Uh, those formats, are, like, I played a few times with Jason. Um, those formats at like NAIC or like even before at regionals, and I I just like I could not vibe around those formats. It felt really weird. Like those formats are very 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 weird compared to what we have nowadays. Yeah. Like playing uh, haymaker decks and playing things like that. Um, for me, the only like and this could this is probably different for every single person. Um, for me, like the only formats that I could really start vibing on is like when Nintendo took over. Everything else for me before that is just like what's going on this doesn't even feel remotely like pokes um a lot of it's just like a weird like it's weird mechanics they were starting off like yeah they were figuring um, it out you know but well at, I don't the, know. at um, the time like there probably wasn't any other like training card like compet like game other than like magic right i think that was probably just the i mean they were literally owned by wizards at right, the time, right right that was who made so, tra trading cards right so pokemon uh, was meant for the kids and magic was meant for the adults Right, exactly. And what I read on his blog, actually, and one of the reasons that I think Wizards may have lost the license or it lost some interest in the older demographics, they limited the competitive scene to 15 and under at they one did. point. Yeah, that was how it was. Yeah, that, Absolutely wild <laughs> it, it, to, to think about now. I'm like, wait, well, wait, so only the kids can compete and spend money on this? Well, it's weird. Okay. It's like, weird. They like... had unofficial worlds, right? Yeah. Like, they had yeah. unofficial worlds, I think, in 2001, just because there was no Masters Division Worlds in, um, I think right. it was Seattle. Maybe it was 2002. I think Seattle's but where it's the one of those uh, things where... headquarters is, right? The Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. Pokemon Seattle, Pokemon. Bellevue, Washington area yeah. um, right. is where they, they're all located. But, I mean, I guess that's where they had it. And they, they ran, like, an unofficial, like, side event that was considered Worlds now, if you go back to it. But there wasn't even a Worlds back then. The first, like, Masters included Worlds was 2004 because the year 2003 right. did not exist oh four was a big year for pokemon tcg um i want to just touch on that last point that you said with like the people being 15 under like that like in in theory you're like well i guess like whatever right but after a few years like what are you gonna like when all those people grow up you're forced to to add like a master's division because the people that were playing your game for the last five years are now 20 years old and they can't play now right so that's just that's just funny it yeah that's it's crazy in my opinion yeah yeah, I think the whole mentality was, like, they just, like, age up in their magic, like, and just switch games. Right. Like, I remember I used to go to, like, stores, and, I, like, 
I look back and I'm crying because I've seen base set packs sitting on a comic book shelf in my lifetime. I've seen those fossil packs and I'm like, I could be rich AF yeah. right now if I just held on to a few of those. And like the card store owner's like, you'll play magic eventually, kid. You'll grow out of this kid's game. And I'm like, I mean, I did dabble in magic a little bit from time to time, but yeah. it's just like, eh, I, Pokemon's the one that's like, that. that's the addiction. <laughs> Pokemon is a weird game because it's like so much split between collectors and and competitive players and and like in the public eye like it's not a competitive game as much as it is like a collector's game especially now with all the people uh opening these base set packs and these in these first edition cards and, and things like that um so it's 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 just different like I know people collect magic cards and they don't play like I know that's pro like a thing uh, but I feel like for the most part people play magic right it's like there to be played I mean, a lot of times the card value is there for their, its playability, right? So, um, uh, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's it's strange to me sometimes. I've never got into Magic. I, I, I'm interested in it. Like, I like, I think it's super cool. I just, like, don't have the time or the money or anything to dive into another card game. But maybe one day. That money. Need that, that money, money is what it's like, the Magic world like. Yeah, yeah. I know. I need that Black Lotus, man. I need the, <laughs> I need all, I need it. I need it in my pocket, yeah. man. <laughs> well you know what sean i might be getting that uh you know i can maybe spend that youtube money i'm just kidding no i hit oh, yeah. a, i hit a thousand oh, subs on uh yeah on youtube go i'd say welcome to the club but i'm still standing outside of the door being like if anyone wants to subscribe to the lone blown hey uh, i'm out here but congratulations my guy i'm honestly i'm jealous i'm stoked it's a whole bunch of emotions but i'm so happy for you i couldn't be happier for you thanks my man i mean it's it's we're on very similar like paths with our youtube channel me and zach i think i just started a few months before him and that's just kind of how it works i um, actually well, well zach, i mean like I took zach took like a, a, a yeah. very considerable break between right. Right. some uploads that's what i mean like oh I, yeah that's very true i'm right. an early sub so I uh, I notice. Yeah. Notice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think Zach recently back like, got back grinds. into it. Yeah. And YouTube's one of those things where you have to consistently do it, right? And that's a big way to kind of keep building up. Um, but uh, yeah, it blew up. Re it's just blown up recently, man. It's it's super crazy. Like we hit a thousand yesterday, and I already have like like almost fifty new subs just after hitting a thousand. So it's really cool to see, and the tournaments have been blowing up too. So it's just been really fun. Like it's fun to see everything growing and 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 doing well. Uh, Sean is just have blown has blown both of us out of the water so uh he's on the, he's on that like third level uh but uh, i'm on the level between you and everyone who actually people know about with yeah. his little dark fury and azul but i'm still very much in that and i haven't like i said i haven't posted in a month because i'm bad um you, but you, you also have a real job in real life though you know what i mean true. so it's it's different it's a, like yeah. i don't i i haven't played uh fortnite with you at four o'clock in the morning yet sean so i think <laughs> i think you're doing well in life i feel like maddie and i like like we're we, we ain't making it out the hood bro we <laughs> we're trying to get those duos wins at like three o'clock in the morning he's like i have to be quiet my wife's asleep and i'm like okay michelle's a little bit more cooler than that maddie's wife is probably lovely but i could be as loud as i want <laughs> it's all good yeah, but, yeah. Spell break yet? All of the sponsored videos I'm seeing from creators now are spell break. That's the new Fortnite. Spell break? Have you no, seen? I haven't yeah. seen it. Spell break. Yeah, spell break. It's a battle royale wizard based game. Oh, is that the one where they're I like shooting the spells? Do you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody has spells. And they're all spell casters. Yeah. And I've seen that. Actually. So I think the name of it is spell break. But 
I watch a lot of YouTube, so uh, me too, yo, me all too. the sponsored videos this last week are all I think that game. Hey, let's get on it, Zach. Maybe we we, we might have to, we might be good at this one. Maybe yeah, maybe we can get some tubs in that game because yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lord get those knows, early noobs out of the way. Yeah, Lord let's knows, pawn man. them or pwn them, whatever it is. I, I mean, oh, we're way behind on the <laughs> Fortnite scene, man. We're it's it's tough. It's a it's a yeah, it's a they, rough world out there in Fortnite. We play with Game Smart, and he comes up with all these like cool like kid terms, and he's like, "I'm collecting my mats," and I'm like, "Homie, what are even mats?" <laughs> like, and then he's just like, "It's material, stupid." Yeah. And I'm just like, "Damn, I'm getting roasted by my teammate in Pokemon and Fortnite, and I'm playing casually." Gee. But I mean, yeah, he for goes... real, for real, for real. Yeah, he's he goes a little bit harder than most. He's a sweat. He's a sweat, as the kids say. Yes. He's a. <laughs> yeah, he goes full zoomer on us in Fortnite, and then. And then I don't even know what's going on. So. Cranking nineties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Enough Fortnite talk, man. This is yeah. We got to get away from that. Uh, <laughs> Zach, can you can you go can you go ahead? Uh, we're we're so professional here. Can you pull up that list of topics that I I put in our group chat, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think today, like for anyone who's listening, you can probably jump to different points, and if you're jumping to different points, just to hear Sean talk, because who wants to listen to Maddie and myself? Um. I mean, I think it's one of those things where today with this or on this podcast this week, we're going to go over tournament results in the past week. Um, in the past week, we saw um, Chill TCG show us that they are rich. They got that bank. So Maddie, not he didn't only run one $300 tournament. He actually was involved with running two um, between Chill TCG and GG Tour. Um, so, I mean, they were pretty big events, uh, 350-ish range for yeah. both. Yeah. Um, and I mean, both $300 given out for, um, the prizing. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, there was some couple new decks out there. So, I mean, um, I'll yeah. let you open up the floor, Maddie. Definitely worth talking about. Yeah. So we started off on Wednesday. This is one that I actually, there's, this one's very interesting. Um, and, and I actually, Zach, now that I mentioned it, I kind of want to mention our new tournament structure that Sean came to my, uh, to my rescue on Twitter at one point to help me explain it. Uh, which I thought was like when I explained it, I thought it was it made total sense, and like I even po- I literally posted the math, like I did addition. I went back to my sixth grade days, and I was like, I can do math, and I'm gonna put it out on Twitter for all these people that can't understand. Um, not not to disrespect them, I just like, you know, it, there are some people who didn't understand. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think it's disrespectful. You got a little bit of yeah. I don't think you got heat over it. No, I that. just think that people just like. Yeah. People like throwing nonsense and no direction. And I mean, anyone he posted there, I think there was some nonsense thrown. I'll just be out. Yeah. I think Jake Earhart got in there and was talking about Luke Metal and stuff like that. <laughs> I knew he and would. He was talking about some biased decisions. Yeah. And it's just like, anytime there's anything that affects Luke Metal, I could post anything in a video. I'm like, I'm taking code and medals. Jake Earhart's going to be there. I'm. It's like an SEO in everywhere. Yes. Like, you just toss a Luke Metal tag in there, Jake Earhart's going to be there. Did the Luke, I mean, no, the Luke? no flames at all. I mean, I yeah. think Jake Earhart's actually a great player yeah um and it's one of those things i know he gets uh memed on a little bit but it's one of those things where yeah luke metal is uh is a thing whatever jake your heart's awesome i'll let you continue okay yeah no i mean the luke metal players definitely have strong opinions so we'll cover that in a bit but um wednesday's tournament was the chill series 15 um it was a special like mid-season um event we didn't really have any sponsor but we kind of pulled together uh some prize money um so for the Wednesday tournament, we had 250 cash on the line. The winner got 100 bucks, but we also threw in 300 vivid voltage packs on top of it. So it was like a good mix. Uh, so people in top eight got some nice cash prizing as well as some packs. 
Um, but people in top 16 and top 32 also got good amount of vivid voltage packs too. So everyone, you know, a lot of people were getting prizing. Um, and our tournaments have gotten so big lately, guys, that like we do nine rounds of Swiss, um, which is 30 minutes, best of one. And then we go into like a top 32 cut, uh, which is best of three. And because there's so many players, uh, you need all those rounds to make it fair, right? To give everybody a, a good chance to make it into cut. Um, and the tournament goes super long. So uh, what happened was after top, 16 it was about 12 30 at night uh we had three we had about three more games left to go three more rounds we had top eight top four and finals and all of the people who had gone into top eight um or a lot of them expressed to me that they were very tired and that they they just weren't able um to compete any further in the tournament um and i kind of got everybody together who was in top eight i talked to them i was like hey are you guys available tomorrow like if you need to like we'll, we'll move top eight to thursday night um and everyone agreed luckily um, so the tournament was too big. It went for too long. We had to move top eight to Thursday night and, uh, we've never done that before. It's supposed to be a weekly tournament series, but recently they've just been getting too big, right. To like fit it in one night, especially since we started at like 6 PM. Um, so Thursday we finished up the tournament, um, and, uh, we saw a lot of great players play. Um, I believe, um, we saw Michelle Babin. She was playing Colossal. Um, I can pull it up right here just so I'm not talking out of my butt. But, yeah, uh, you had, uh, we had Gabe Chumway playing Desi Goons. Um, I mean, there was a lot of, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, the top yeah. eight players in particular were fairly stacked. Yes. Because, um, yeah. like, Pedro's, Pedro's one of those heavy hitters, not only in the online world, because a lot of players just, like, they're online players that you only know from online. Um, Pedro's been successful. But, in I mean, Pe Pedro is one of the absolute, like, I'd say he's, easily top 10 modern yeah. players in the game and that's without question i don't think anyone would ever be like that's wrong yeah like everyone right. probably has him in the top 10 um gabe is very huge on the online yes scene. very and i mean yeah. i think an all-around player um michelle more like obviously i have a bias that's my that's my girlfriend that's my that's my that's my wifey and partner great player um, great like great player Had yeah, a great no, run. she's been tearing it up lately i yeah. mean we, we talked about it beyond my players cup to win she has won more money online than i have um and yeah. i mean like even like ian rob and stuff like great player like ian rob has multiple regional wins international top eights yeah um just honestly one of the like i i am in high regards i think he's a really great player um andrew hedrick like just those are only a few players that i can mention out of here yeah i mean andrew hedrick like one of the best blondes players on online events so definitely great to see him show up, as always. Um, and then if we get, like, outside top eight, Zach, which we, we should hit at least a little bit, uh, we had people like uh, like Ryota Sato. He's just online, great online player from Japan with ADP, one of the best ADP players. Um, we had uh, Zach Cooper, again, a great online player. Uh, we had Zach, uh, Zach Lesage at number nine. We had Azul GG at number 10. The tournament was just stacked in top 16, um, and it was definitely, like, super, super cool. Um Two decks specifically that I want to talk about um, that kind of popped up that were new. Of course, Desi Goons was super cool in the finals to see, uh, but he played against Pedro, who was running a new version of Santa Scorch. I don't know if you guys have taken uh, too much of a look at that Santa Scorch list. Um, Santa Scorch has evolved a lot, right, guys? Like in the past couple months since it came out, it's a lot different than what it used to be. Uh, now people like T Brophy are really taking like ability Santa Scorch to another level with like Giratina, Marsh Shadow, um, all these different techs in the deck, but. 
Pedro was like, you know what? A big problem with Senescorch is if I don't get those bosses consistently, um, and if and if sometimes I get Marnie down and I dead draw for a few turns, it's really going to be the game. And Senescorch struggles with that. Uh, he thought, you know what? I'm just going to put Silvalli into my uh, Silvalli GX into my deck, a couple copies. Um, overall, give my deck some consistency, some draws every turn. Um, and actually, I believe this deck was was like a Robin Schultz creation, Zach, or or his brother. Uh, it's yeah, I think he he definitely got some help from the Limitless squad. Like, uh, yeah, Pedro plays for Limitless. I think they just all right. collectively come up with ideas. And sometimes you just pass on a list to the home slice. Maybe they're right. They don't really play too much in the weeklies. I think Robin dabbles in a lot of the expanded events, and he's like very intrigued by that lately. Yeah. Um, I think Pedro is really the only one out of their group that's playing super actively in the standard, standard events. Right. Yeah, I mean they're all, of course, all of those guys over at Limitless are fantastic players. They're all very busy. Uh, you know, maintaining and creating the, the platform that we all use on a weekly basis. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Pedro's list uh, that he used was super cool. Um, we don't see Senescore to win a whole lot, like, like just typically, like in the past few weeks. It's been all peak. Uh, it's been all Eternatus. Um, so it's just definitely super cool to see uh, Senescore to win, Pedro win, uh, with this new version of Scorch. Now, some people have some opinions on this new Senti list. They don't know if it's actually better than, like, Ability Scorch. But a lot of people are saying, well, Pedro carried that deck. Um, but a lot of people are also saying, no, that deck is very consistent. It's very good. Um, and uh, whenever we talk about new decks and, and, and things in the meta, I like to turn it over to the competitive, uh, you know, the, the guy over here, Zach Lasage. So give me a rundown a little bit of your opinions on this new like new version of uh, Sentry. Um, okay, so when I was when I was playing in the tournament, it's one of those things where um, I, like, I when I saw playing... I saw Michelle, like, who's sitting right beside me playing, and we saw the Senna Scorch, so obviously we knew we had to play, um, again, she had to play against it at some point. Right. Um, so we were both looking at it and being like, okay, like, this is where it's at, this is what's going on with the deck. Um, so we analyzed the deck fully a lot, just to see if we could help her improve her matchup, because she actually played against Pedro in the top four. Right. Um, losing, uh, game three, just barely. Barely, barely, man. Um, and it's just one of those things where... Um, I think the deck's really cool. I've, I've definitely been a person who's played Fire-type Pokemon. I've been a person who's um, played Senna Scorch. Like, I played Senna Scorch um, at my Player's Cup run, so I understand how the deck works in general. Um, one of the biggest issues with just Fire-type decks in general, or Welder-type decks in general, is that your opponent can Marnie or Stamp you. You have nothing going for you. They knock out your Pokemon. They're like, the ball's in your court. You have no court. You are falling down an infinite black hole. Um, so, I mean, the first thoughts are, so Valley kind of solves that. Um, I mean, I think it's fine. The only thing is you just don't have anything great to promote. I think what what you get for in a, a great mid-game, you lose in that Jirachi engine, or you lose from having Poke Gears or anything like that. Because everything, right. like, to anyone who doesn't play Pokemon who somehow stumbles on our podcast, you only have 60 cards in your deck. Um it's one of those things where you don't necessarily you, you can't necessarily play every single card you want everything comes to a cost and i mean i think the deck worked well is it is it kind of like the flavor of the week yes. well to find out yeah. um i i don't think i've necessarily had enough testing time with that particular version of the deck i'm, I'm gonna put that on my to-do list this week right and i'll make it i mean i think send a scorch is just one of those things where send a scorch is a very good card I, I even remember back in the day, like, I was talking... Sean, Sean was the one who convinced me that Son of Scorch was a good card. <laughs> I, I wasn't even going to print off the hey. proxies for it. I thought it was terrible. Um, and, I mean, here it is. Um, 
almost a year later winning events um fairly regular i mean cash thomas brophy yeah. um now pedro i'm i mean there's a lot of people who are just like because cash and thomas do not get the love no. of um, yeah the whole community i mean they're i i don't want to be like they're middle tier players but they're not the heavy hitting toward reclive pedro kind of right type players and i mean i think pedro right now is showcasing that son of scorch is a good deck and people are like, oh, Sun of Scorch is a good deck. Like, all it takes is uh, the sheeps are out there watching. I agree. Um, Sean, I don't know, Sean. What are your thoughts? Have yeah. you looked into it at all? Or I Yeah, I'm looking at the list now. And, like, even though I haven't been playing as much, I, I still keep up a little bit. For sure. Um, For me, I don't know. Like, I agree with you. Like, this is clearly, like, an addition for consistency. And so that you don't brick, right. basically. Or, like, brick in the mid to late game with stamps or Marnies or whatever. My question about it, though, is like you're running three day days, a crowbat, and two Silvallies, which you can choose not to put them down. But I do wonder if Pedro playing this version was a response to a reduction in ADP. Because I don't think that this version, because I think the nice thing about Ability Scorch that Cashman and other people were playing, and the reason I think it did well against ADP is it you could choose not to play the Dedenes and the Crobats, or we just play one, right? Um, and then the Volcanians and the Giratina and, and all that stuff, like all of that would benefit you in the ADP matchup because yeah. of... Yeah, yeah whenever and, you're... And this deck doesn't do that. And I'm just like, I think ADP probably, o over the long haul, probably eats this deck's lunch. He played my... against one and was able to beat it in the early rounds. Yeah. Um, I looked at the name of his opponents. I, I don't know them at all. I've never yeah. heard their name before. Um, maybe I have, and I've, I'm not trying to right. diss you on the podcast. I mean, hella love to everyone, but it's one of those things where, I mean, I think anyone could get over any matchup one time and best yes. of one. Yes, exactly. And it's not like, if it was a best three to five, I'd be like, okay, now. Like, that's something we need to look at. But best of one, stuff happens. Yeah. One thing I will say that's nice about it is because you're running, I mean, three to Dene feels even like a lot. But maybe I'm like, I don't play a ton of Senta Scorch, but three feels like, I feel like two is on yeah, the average. Three is a good amount. But, yeah, you're running three to Dene and two Silvallis. So that makes the Cherish Ball super valuable. Mm. As opposed to like, you don't really have but maybe one of those. Or, you know, you really don't have a lot of Cherish Balls in Senta Scorch otherwise. And so it makes your Cherish Ball and by virtue of that one being more valuable the pokemon communication more valuable right uh because you can cherish ball and then pokecon whatever so yeah I, I think it's it's it looks like an interesting list i don't know if it's necessarily that much better i, I think i personally still prefer yeah. ability sports because the the giratina getting rid of the uh coding metal energy against luke metal i think is way too valuable it's way great it's so good i mean yeah and, Still don't uh, even know though like i don't even know if that changes it from being a good matchup to a bad matchup though like i think it's one of those things where like i i honestly don't know how much paid testing pedro put in there like i don't know about you guys whenever i enter an online event i'm going with virtually zero testing i'm going with hunches i'm throwing whatever i feel like against the wall and if it sticks it is otherwise i'm zero to dropping and eating uber eats <laughs> It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because when I was on stream watching Pedro play through the tournament, uh, he was telling me that he had never played like Scorch before. So like he didn't know the matchups. He didn't know anything like real. You know, what I mean, like obviously he knew how to play because he's a great player. But like he didn't. He's not a Senna Scorch player. So like the whole matchups and and deck list was new to him. 
Um, and I think in a sense that might have kind of helped him, right? Where right? it didn't get too much in his head um, with a couple with like, you know, overthinking some matchups and stuff. Uh, he ended up playing against Senta Scorchers, like mirror matches a lot throughout the tournament, uh, which kind of also hyped up this new Senta Scorch build. But I think for the most part, um, it was it was him uh, getting, you know, drawing some cards, for, like pretty being pretty fortunate, which I think that deck helps with um, and uh, and just sort of all, overall being a good player. But uh, one thing that like I noticed with this deck is like it's 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 consistent draws, right? So like every turn drawing two, three, four cards is fantastic. Um, but like without Jirachis um, and without some of the other techs, like it's just it's just a little bit strange uh, because he, of course he's got Volcanoes, right? So it's a deck that you want to go second, right? You want to start off, go second, get your Volcanoes, get your Get your one-two punch um, and your great start. But when you're going first, I feel like this deck really struggles. Or I would think it struggles more than like ability would where, you know, you can have, you can get that Jirachi out on the start. Um, you know, you can Disagree. find the cards you need. Disagree? Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where I feel like this deck struggles to use Volcanion in general. Um, if you look at it from like a Jirachi thing where they have all the scoop up nets and they can mm. kind of kind of stumble their way over any obstacle that came to their hand. Right. I feel like if Pedro has a rough hand, he just has a rough hand and deals with it. Mm. Um, and kind of just like going back, like backstepping a little bit. I mean, I think maybe it is true what you said. It's kind of interesting how you're like, if Pedro had never really played Scorch before, it might be like when a chess player plays against a chess player who's never played chess before. Yeah. And they just make random moves. Right. It might be very hard for people to predict. So if someone in Senna Scorch... Um, actually, like, who knows how to play against a Sun of Scorch matchup. Um, it's one of those things where Pedro might have made mistakes along the way that were actually advantageous to him. Right. Um, and it's one of those things where, I mean, Sun of Scorch is not the hardest deck to play, let's be real. No, um, no, 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 it's it, linear. It's 40 plus 40 plus 40, like... In the early game, I mean, it's... if you it's... can count in 40s, you're yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, I, think. I agree. Um, I think uh, I think in the early game, it's like it's like just as linear as like something like E-Turn or ADP is. Where you look for those cards, you look for your hot start, and then from there you kind of direct. I think I think right now, and and what a lot of people saw uh, was especially in mirror matches, but like overall, uh, Senti is it's just always smart to set up a second one on the bench, um, and at, at about three or four energy, start splitting between uh, your your resources between your two Sentis on on your board and the active and on the bench. That always just seemed whoever was able to do that uh, always seemed to just get the win. The math would work out. Um, especially in the mirror match. And uh, that's just one thing I want to note from watching the stream uh, for all you Senties out there who probably already knew that. Um, but as someone who I don't play Senti, I don't know. Um, I think in terms of, I, Zach, you mentioned Michelle would have to play this deck. Um, I assume that she played against Pedro. Yeah, mm -hmm. she she yeah. played against, uh, top, I think top four. we were overlooking the kind of thing in the top eight or something. And she's like, well, I'm like, you need to get past Andrew Hedrick. And that guy definitely knows what he's doing with Blounds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just like, I think it's a favorable matchup. And here's like, and I, I gave her like why the rundown of why it's a favorable matchup. And she's like, okay, I, I think I understand. Went and did her thing. I actually had to step away to do some coaching at the time. And I was like, let's come back and kind of like step back every 10 minutes and be like, see how she's doing. She was killing it. Um, and then I was just like, we, we were like looking over for the Sun of Scorch match. She played in the top four. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say, I actually think... You know, it may be that to your point about this deck being a new style and then it thus, you know, you don't really know what the right way to play your deck against it is. And Colossal also being a deck that is not as meta 
Uh, as, as much, I like, I stand Colossal as well when it came out, but it clearly hasn't been no. like that popular. Yeah, I agree. But now, with Zach and Michelle and the recent success it's seen. Mm. Uh, but I think that Colossal, if you have the right build and get the right draws, I think Colossal also has a good matchup against this Cinescorch VMAX because you have three two prizers that are weak to fighting and you can one shot them for one energy. Right. Yeah. So um, we'll yeah, talk I, we'll talk about that for sure. I mean, uh of course this is a new Senti list, it's hot, it won, we'll talk about it. Um, but the other deck that I wanted to mention was this colossal deck that Zach and and Gabe and Michelle and and Danny helped with or, or whatever the whole testing it, group it was. was. Just, it was really just like Gabe Gabe myself. Yeah. Um, okay. we were testing it. We talked about it before. Um, I was just like, yo, there's that funny bunny tournament on the Wednesday. Um, and I mean, there's something for me, like, I know the name's kind of funny. The name's a little bit, uh, childish, but whatever. Um, it's a tournament before it gave me a pre tournament before chill. Yeah. And I, I, Maddie knows I'm like, I, I want to plan a chill event. I've literally never played in a chill event. Um, and it's one of those things where, um, it gave me, like, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to take Wednesday off. I can get two tournaments one day. Let's go for it. Gabe and I really came up with it, uh, brought Michelle into it. And she was just like, okay, gave a little bit of feedback, whatever. Um, and I mean, the whole idea is just like, I think we're in a hyper-focused metagame right now. Yes. Um, where nothing is real anymore. But I think that's what's opened up the cracks for something like Senna Scorch Sil Valley to come to the top. Do I think Senna Scorch Sil Valley is a real deck? I mean, it won an event, but do I think if this was a regional championships, um, if in real life play was continuing on, this would just be, I don't think it would exist. I don't think anyone would ever get here to the format. Um, Pedro would probably just be running Picarom. Yeah, right. Maybe just call it right, a day. Right, exactly. Picarom is clearly the best deck in formats, and that's, I agree. that's a fact. I, it is um, a fact. I, I'll, I like will it's, it's, tell anyone that straight up. Like, But now we're in a world where... Uh, I'm getting bored on a Wednesday, so I come up with a hard, the hardest Picarom counter in the world. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to be like I came up with Colossal. I didn't come up with Colossal. I played against a similar Colossal list um, to lose in a tournament like last Sunday or something like that. Like I saw the Mimikyu idea from someone else. I just did it slightly better. Um, and I mean, I was able to come finals at Funny Bunny. Gabe made top eight. Um, Michelle did not play in that event. And then we played in the cash events. Gabe fizzled out. I came ninth. Michelle came fourth, and then even like as late as four hours ago, uh, at the filming of this podcast, um, I played in the Funny Bunny tournament. I made top four, and Michelle made top eight with another new version of the deck. Um, the copy because cup. ADP was banned. Yeah, Coffee Cup. Yes. Yeah, uh, Vixens tournaments. Yes. Yeah. Check out their tournaments if you're not into. A, a true standard well, i'd say like if, it's one of those things like yeah or if you're on the other side if of the... you're a little bit odd yeah or the other side of the world i mean right. that that makes it a little bit easier like i'm a madman for playing pokemon at 3 30 in the morning and whatever and trying to continue my sunday on as normal but um no cole's just um i don't know i just had a hunch that cole is really well positioned nowadays with it is Pikaram, um being huge Pikaram for a lot of the tournaments leading up to this uh past week was E the turn as well. One played deck and kind of like ADP is like took a notch down. Yes. Um, Eternatus also kind of took a notch up. Yeah. So you had Picarom, Eternatus, Welderish decks. Yep. And then it kind of fizzled down into like everything Zixation. else that just exists. Yeah. Um, my honest thoughts on Colossal now to anyone who just straight up, I I feel like Colossal is a slightly better Luke metal 
and I might change my mind on that. I think that it has a very significant matchup spread. Like, I think I'm 6-1 and one against ADP in tournament or something like that now. Um, so, I mean, I feel pretty confident in the matchup. Most players who are playing ADP um, nowadays are not necessarily the strongest players in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not to say they're easy pickings, but it's not like I'm playing against Pedro Torres um, and they're playing to every single out. A lot of players are playing on autoplay or a lot of players are just running off stock lists. Stock lists don't typically have stadiums. Wondrous Lab can just tear their deck apart. Um, the set of Scorch matchup is weird. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily know if I'm comfortable or not. I don't even know if I want to go first or second in that matchup. Mm. Like, I have so much HP that I don't even know what to do with it. So even if I let them go uh, second, uh, maybe me getting the turn one energy is advantageous. That's, like, where my right. testing is going this yeah. week. Yeah, Very interesting, um, actually. That's super... That's a very good point. But... Yeah, if you guys have any thoughts on that, feel free to weigh in. Like, I, I haven't thought about it more than Volcanian going second seems scary. Like, <laughs> it I, is. I, I'm trying to think about the math, right? If you let them go second, assume they have the best turn Senescorch has ever had, right? Yeah, like three and two on their first turn. So five. they get five. And they can so get three. Wait, that's 240. And then another three energies would be 360. Which is not enough if you have buff padding. Or if you have See, double, I'm... if you have double uh, stone, stone, yeah, double stone. I wrote like a pretty like long continued tweet last night. And I was like, I don't think buff padding really matters. Now in that case, with Scorch's popularity, it might matter. Mm. Um, but the thing is, like the only play, like Michelle lost to Pedro, um, which I mean, I think Pedro's a fantastic player, and uh, could have gone either way. It, I was watching earlier stream, this morning. It could have gone either way. Yeah, I, th- I I honestly believe that that matchup could have gone either way. Yeah. I played against a few Senna Scorch um, throughout, and I, I was fine. Um, she played against Senna Scorch, I think, even earlier in Top Cut. She was fine. Um, and then I lost against Cash. So, I mean, Cash is... Between Cash and Thomas are easily considered the best um, Senna Scorch players, where all they do is live, eat, and breathe Senna Scorch. Yes. Um, it's just one of those things where I feel like if they know what they're doing with Senna Scorch... I, I'd say it's slightly unfavorable at this point. I used to think that it was more favorable than that. But um, I'm going to work on the matchup this week. Everything else seems really good. Like, you lose to Luke Metal and Desi Goons because you don't really have any counters towards that. But you do auto-win Pikaram, and you do auto-win Eternatus. You do have a extremely favorable matchup against Blocephalon, Crocephalon, Welder Toolbox. Um, I think you have a favorable matchup against ADP. And Seven Scorch isn't even that bad. You, you also auto-beat, like, Mad Party if they don't play a stadium. Yeah, right. Good point. So it's one of those things where, like, in, in change their decks, I think Cole is easily Tier 1. Um, like, like easy Tier 1. Um, I, I got four top cuts out of four tournaments in the past week, two of them being 350-person tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, a second place, a top four here and there at the small, like, Funny Bunny sure. and uh, Coffee Cup tournaments. But, I mean... Yeah. Um, even Michelle went uh, two out of three for top cuts. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I like I'm one of the bigger players in the game for sure. Michelle, um, she knows what she's doing her Pokemon, but no one would be like she's a Tord Reclub esque player. I mean, for her to get a top cut at a 350 person event coming top four, and even at the Coffee Cup, it's pretty huge. Um, so I mean, sure. I think Cole is like the real deal. Um, Anyone who says otherwise is probably playing it wrong and doesn't know how to sequence with the guru properly. Yeah, which... Because uh, there's a lot of, like... It's weird. It's consistent. I think, like, your list, like, with the phones, the guru, 
Um, there's a lot of consistency with it, and it's a deck that I like. I also like the fact that Colossal like uh, accelerates to itself after it attacks, like Senna Scorch. Yeah. But I think overall that fits better in a fighting type deck. Like with Scorch, like it's cool because you want to stack energies, and you but you also have things like Welder, so it just doesn't feel as like important. But with Colossal, like getting two energies attached every turn on a fighting type Pokemon like that with a lot of bulk is huge because how else are you going to do it? You know what I mean? Um, and I think that really puts the deck over the top. Um, uh, I guess it also feels just like new to play. Like, yeah. That's one of the things like mm-hmm. I know before we were talking about it, I was like, I'm addicted to Pokemon. I'm so like, I like, I think the format's so stale. I'm playing. Sean was like, Zach's playing cool just to stay alive. And I mean, I, I kind of feel like that. And, Right, feel I feel something. like that's exactly like <laughs> that's I, uh, where I'm at. It's not a bad thing. I just if you like Colossal and you want a version that isn't um Luke Metal E, because I know that's also like a playstyle thing. Yes. I would seriously look into a B build. That was the very first build of Colossal I did. Fast um, pace fast pace. You can also make your Desi Goons and Luke Metal matchup uh a little bit better. Because you can play Aurora Energies and Zamazenta Amazing Rare. Right. So you can hit 180 and then they can't block you out with Desigoon. Yeah, and I've seen that that strategy. Yeah. Overall, I think like when you whenever you play a really fast paced stick like that like that, it's sometimes a little bit like less consistent in the long game, but like you get those tar- games where you're just you're tearing, you're tearing it up, which is exciting and it's fun, right? So um just two sides of the same coin, you know, it's but that's that's also, a hey, super cool idea. What's up? While we're talking about things last uh, last night, earlier this morning, I played against an Orbeetle deck. I Whoa. wanted to let you know about this. And I feel like I'm just like, I'm super tired, everyone. I'm not under any influence of an alcohol. I'm stumbling on my thing. I'm like, I played against Orbeetle. Um, Careful what you say yeah, here. It's one of those things where, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, no, but it was Orbeetle wheezing. Um, I thought it was... I don't know, like, I, I've never, like, I've seen a few, like, YouTube thumbnails, and I'm like, screw Orbeetle, screw Orbeetle, I, I think that deck sucks. I was so hyped about it, and it just did not do anything at all. Um, but I know that you are an Orbeetle stan, and, I mean, it was close. Orbeetle probably should be colossal, but at 3 o'clock in the morning, anything is possible. Bro, the problem is, and what people make the mistake with Orbeetle is they play it with Ampharos, they play it with Weezing, they play it as, like, this, like, just this, like, they 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 don't they don't commit is my is my thing when i play orbital i go straight orbital i throw some snorlaxes in there i do a four 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 lineup snorlax orbital v orbital v max um and i just i just go straight consistency straight orbital man and i just go go all in i don't even run didene i don't even run crobat i just do it i just do it straight i dare up. you to run it up the funny bunny this upcoming week i will I i'll do it i'll play my own turn does everyone hear this if maddie does not play in the funny bunny there's i don't know come up with a punishment i don't know yeah uh one thing i want to touch on i forgot like as you guys were mentioning um when you compared it to like the new luke metal i really like that comparison i think that the decks have a lot of comparisons but to me i i do think that colossal has a better better spot in the meta right now um it's 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 matchups are a bit more fair than luke metal um and uh to me, Zach, I think the only reason that Colossal didn't just win these tournaments the last few weeks is because they did hit a Luke Metal um, in those in those Amazentas in, in Top Cut. Um, and uh, I think right now, if I'm playing Luke Metal, I'm just thinking, I don't know. You know, I'm thinking it's a great Luke Metal is a great deck, and so is Colossal. I just I don't know if that's that would be my first choice. Uh, no disrespect well, I mean, to Luke Metal, but I, it's not something that I would personally choose to play. But. I mean, I just think that Luke Metal is going to get... Um, it's kind of hated out of the format because um, 
as the format grows um so after your chill series there was the chill series 15 cool um fire type one and then we had um i i don't want to jump ahead too much because we didn't really talk about the gg tour yeah yeah. chill uh whatever showdown we we, yeah showdown i mean there's a bunch of names like i can't even whatever i mean i know you changed your name a few times for the 15 like almost there and all that stuff whatever (laughs) um yeah i i noticed that (laughs) anyways um but then you had Santa Scourge do well at that event, winning that event, and then we had the Edge spoilers uh, events. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, I'm just gonna say, like, we're talking yeah. about Luke Metal right now. Let's just be real. Fact. Um, we had Santa Scourge win that event, and even at the Coffee Cup, we had Santa Scourge win that event. So out of the four events that like were kind of, whatever, um, Santa Scourge did very well. I think Santa Scourge also won Danny Stone series as well. I thought as well. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not wrong, it was a hot week for for Scourge, man. Um, and. Uh... What's interesting, and, and we'll talk about the GG Tour tournament. Again, it was 311 players. Uh, but uh, the really, the big takeaway was after that win at Chill on Wednesday, uh, or Thursday, actually, technically, um, it uh, it was all scorched, man. If you look at top, uh, well, here, I'll take a look. So if we look at top top four, there were three Santa Scorched that made it into top four uh, with one Eternatus. And then if we go to top 16, there was like three or four more down there as well. Um, it, just, it, it was just sort of the hot thing. And also, I think it re- just revitalized the people who play Scorch a lot, people like T. Brophy and Cash, who were like, you know what? Like, I got they got fired up. Uh, no pun intended. They were like, Scorch? Like, Pedro just won with Scorch. Like, I'm the Scorch player out here. You know what I mean? I got to put in the work. And I think that they did that um, on, uh, on, on Saturday for that redemption yesterday, <laughs> actually, as we record this. Um, but uh, one thing I do want to mention, sorry, I've been talking a lot. The, um, the, the the new tournament structure that we talked about with Sean and stuff about the Twitter and everything, we tested it out on Saturday. So like I said, like we did on Wednesday, instead of doing nine rounds of Swiss, top 32, what we did was we did two phases of Swiss. So we did eight rounds of Swiss, and then we did five after that. Um, and, and the timers were reduced from 30 minutes to 25 minutes. And then after that second phase of Swiss, we cut directly to top eight. So it was a different structure overall when things went quicker. Um, and uh, it, um, I don't know, it, it, we just tried it out. Well, something we'll try probably try next week at Chill. But uh, yeah, man, Santa Scorch just ran ran home with it in the finals. We saw a ability Santa Scorch T Brophy versus a Sil- Silvali Santa Scorch, um, which was um, I think it was Nico Fernandez. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, so again, you know, as we were just talking about which one's better, they played on Saturday in the finals, and uh, T Brophy got the win with ability Scorch. So. What do you guys think about that? I don't. I, that's no surprise to me. Yeah, me either. I, just, I think the ability one is better. You have less two prizes on the field. I, I don't know. It may not matter because if you're doing the prize math, right, like Senna Scorch VMAX, if that's what you want to knock out, yeah. and if you're going to go Senna Scorch VMAX into a Heatran or maybe um, into another three prize or some sort, then maybe it doesn't matter. But, mm, right. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think the Jirachis and the Heatrans were big in the matchup. Um, it's hard for me to remember. Um, but I think that overall Thomas just had more, um, you, you know, he felt more comfortable in the matchup, in the Ditto matchups. Whenever you see a Centimere, it's just like, which big fire snake's going to slap harder? You know what I mean? It's kind of just how it, how it is. But Someone's got to win, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't mean, I don't, again, this tournament, I don't have much to talk, really talk about. It was a Scorch Fest. And, yeah. So, did the tournament end up being shorter? Did you time it? Um, like, it's it was tough for this tournament because with this tournament 
we take multiple breaks. So like when we did phase, uh, when we went into phase two, we took like a 15, 20 minute break. Um, before cut, we took like a 30 minute break. Um, and then when we, for, for top cut for the GG tour tournaments, we stream every match in, in top cut. So like, so you wait, you have people wait yeah. for every match that you can stream it. God. Right. So it's tough overall. I think if we were to play like on, um, like a Wednesday night, we would probably not do as many breaks. I think people would probably try, want to try to wrap it up. Um, and, uh, but I think overall, definitely the, the Swiss stuff went, went faster than, than, um, if we were to like go all the way to top eight, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I think that, that's why I made the comment. I was like breaking it down to an eight round, 25 minutes around thing. I think the tournament structure you're talking about benefits the most people, mm. the most meaning like the fewest number of people are going to make phase two and then top eight. So if you are like, well, how long is the event? Yeah, I know you don't want it to go to like 4 a.m. or 3.30 or, or whatever. Yeah. But the, ter- the change in the structure, too, also just means that if you don't end up making phase two, which the majority of people won't, then you should be wrapped up by about 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty early. Like, That's actually very reasonable. Right. If you're like, I'm going to enter a 300-person tournament. Oh, I got to commit to, like, not sleeping tonight. No. Yeah. Odds are I'll be done by 10. Right. Um, and it's kind no, of, I just, agree with, I think that's yeah. fair. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's, it's just different. You know, it's, it's, we tried to make it as fair as possible, but you, everyone's going to make their comparisons to doing the second phase of Swiss or two rounds of best of three. Uh, but we just tried to make it uh, a bit shorter and a bit more fair for, for people or, or as at least as fair. Right. Um, and it's tough whenever you're a TO, you're going to have to work these things out. But over at chill TCG, we just have an incredible group of staff members, admins, um, TOs, players, people that, are really helpful um and uh you know helped us kind of get to that point um but uh you know we'll still probably make tweaks to it and everything so yeah i gotta i I was basically gonna throw that out there um i was like with the way that i think a lot of players can all grumble about how standard is i mean in your tournament i lost to a pikaram player somehow um and because, like, I was playing Colossal, I lost to a Pikaron player because I dead drew for the first six turns of the game somehow. Um, and, I mean, it happens, for sure. On PTCGO, um, it happens. And even, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and then in the next phase two, I lost to a Lightning Mew. Again, an auto-win matchup because I just sat there dead drawing and my opponent got a crushing hammer heads to win the game even when their Mewtwo had damage on it uh, to hit me for perfection and knock me out. Super, like, ah. cringy losses to me is, like, a, I, I rage dropped because there was nothing I could do. I mean, maybe I could have made the graphic. Maybe I could have got some Pokestats points. I was just, like, I'm out of contention for top eight. There's no prizing beyond whatever. Right. I don't need yeah, pride. Yeah. Whatever. Um, do you feel like it would be better, though? Um, which, I mean, doesn't change anything about me. I guess that's... I probably should have mentioned it. But I think five and three might actually do might be better to advance instead of six and two and my only reasoning is like there's a lot of bs losses nowadays like maybe you didn't check in or maybe you just hit yeah. luke metal twice and you're playing eternatus or whatever it's just one of those things where um i feel like five and three is a is a is the same threshold and you still have a chance to make top cut if you win all five of your next rounds do you think um, that uh, like maybe like a five two one deal or do you think five three is i, I the... feel like I feel like um, if you put it at whole numbers and discourage IDing, you you get more of yeah. a fair event. Yeah, I um, agree. I agree. You'll run into some players who like are slow, 
and I mean, I feel like we need to filter out slow players in our events. Like, yeah, um, I, I know that. Yeah, exactly. I know there was a few players who got some uh, gameplay warnings for like. There's people who are egregiously stalling and misplaying. There's cash on the line. There's going to be people doing light forms of cheating, full forms of cheating, whatever. Mm. Um, it's one of those things where. I, I just don't think in a world where X3 makes it, ties are going to become a full-blown thing. Um, I think there's a lot of players, even like in your event, like um, you notice these oddities when X and whatever makes cut and people are like 6-0 and o, and then they start IDing. I'm like, why are you IDing? Yeah. I, like, no, it I agree. doesn't make sense. Like there's a lot of people that just like, it seems like they've never been to Pokemon. It's like if an alien was trying to play Pokemon or an alien goes to like a restaurant, they're like, okay, I've read this in, about it in the regional championships book. And they just try to emulate what they see. I mean, I think, um, I just think five and three would be a better threshold. And it also gives um, some up and coming players who maybe haven't had the opportunity to make top cut out of 300 plus yeah. person events. Right. Um, I think that if you gave them that free artificial prize, they'd feel a lot happier about it. I mean, it probably makes the tournament slightly longer for you. Um, just because you have more players playing phase two per round and you have a chance yes. that you get the yeah. dreaded Desi Goons Luke metal matchup. Um, but uh, I mean, you could also yeah. discourage them to, for, for playing those decks as well, like you did with ADP. I agree. I think uh, I think if we do, like if like you said, the 5-3-0, or sorry, the 5-3 in, in phase one of Swiss, I think that that makes it better overall for the players to get into phase two, um, which in turn brings more people farther into the tournament, gives them more, you know, more of a chance. Uh, but I think what that does is it raises sort of the discrepancy with phase two to make it into cop eight cut. Cause if we have 70, 80 people in phase two, and then we cut to eight, um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more fuzzy at that point, but again, it doesn't make it any less fair. Um, if anything, it makes fair, it, that's how regionals work. Though. Exactly. Like I agree when you get into the 600 plus range, that's how, that's how you get it. But I mean, I think, we saw it at the tournament with Thomas Brophy. Um, I mean, if you didn't read about it on Twitter, oh yeah, yeah. Thomas started off the tournament um, first Wanted... round loss, yeah, win loss, and then proceeded on to win one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yep, uh, nine, nine in a row. In a row. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I feel like even if we look at like um, one of my biggest accomplishments in the game, which was Collinsville Regionals, um, I was playing Blacephalon. I I went. 504 to advance to day two. Yep. Just barely met the 19 point yeah. uh, threshold. And then I won. I went 501. That's um, it, yeah. And I mean, if the, if, if the threshold used, to, if it was the same seven and two, like it used yeah, to be at regionals it, a yeah. while before, I would have not ever had the opportunity. Right. So I just mean, like, um, yeah, I agree. Like, no, I agree. I guess kind of going back for myself, when I was um, playing in your event this week, I was six and two. And this was actually your first chill, so I mean, this, the thing wouldn't work. I was either in a win and in for making day two, or for making top cut, or, um, so if I lost, I, I get absolutely nothing, I right. have, nothing exists, and by winning, which I was forced to play out to win, I came fourth seed. I just think in a world like that, I mean, it's, yeah, people it's are more willing to play the games. Yeah. I think players are just, um, you offer more to the community that way, I think. For sure. There's, there's going to be someone I, yeah. there who's you're going to make their week. Yeah. No, I, listen, I totally agree with that. Um, and uh, I think, you know, it's 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 in the works. It's something we test. Like, you know, we test. Uh, we evolve every week. We try to figure out the best sort of strategy for sort of the ever-growing and the ever-changing, you know, online scene in these online tournaments. Um, one thing I do want to bring up to you guys, which is a little bit of a 
uh, a less fortunate topic, but it's something I want to cover with you guys. And I don't, I don't know if you guys knew about it. I, I didn't like publicly announce it. Um, but somebody in phase two on, um, on Saturday, yesterday for the GG tour tournament, uh, they were at their winning in last game of, of phase two, uh, to get into top eight cut and one opponent or one player when he was playing his opponent, um, he was at the point where he was going to lose. So right, he was at a, he was at the point where he indefinitely was not going to win his match, I and mean, then he be, and he began trying to bribe his opponent uh, with with online packs, uh, with various things to try to get his opponent to give him the win to make it in the cut. Um, the the player did the right thing, called the judge, called the judge over, um, and, and, and let us know. We issued that player a loss, and subsequently was out of the tournament. Um, and, uh, never heard from him since, like, right. As soon as we kind of just got rid of it, he was gone. I don't, you know, if this was early in the tournament, he would have gotten dropped anyway, but this was like the winning. And so like we gave him the loss and he was out. Um, but I haven't seen him or talked to him since. Um, but I wanted to get you guys' opinion on that. And, um, Zach, again, as somebody who's played in IRL events, have you, you know, you might have seen something like this in real life. If it happens, I don't know, probably not some stuff that goes on. No, there's a lot of like. Like, online tournaments, like, I know you and I have talked about it, but, like, when I'm playing in, like, the Funny Bunny, or even, like, your tournaments, like, I think that your Wednesday tournament, especially coming from yourself, is, like, a super generous prize pool of $300. The community stands you for it. Yeah, um, I didn't get any... If you break you know. it down in terms of, like, the amount of hours necessary in order to win $100, I mean, I could clock in at McDonald's and probably make more money. You'd smoke So, I mean, it's not, like, it's not like you go into a regionals weekend or an internationals weekend... And you have a chance of making $10,000 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of things where the travel and the time off does not make it worthwhile either, but I'll just be insane. Um, there, there's a lot of people that are like uh, really pushy with their IDs in those round nine scenarios. And there's a lot of players who, because Pokemon's also offering you physical packs at that point, which have a value. You can't right. sell your PTCGO right. packs. I, I've definitely been offered like, um, Oh, I'll give you a box or what, how much does it take you to buy for this win? I need money for a stipend, things like that. Like they're there. Sometimes I just like, I'm like, nah, I'm not like, let's just chill with this right now. I don't want to talk about this. I did not hear that kind of thing. Um, other times like people get under my skin and I'll bring it to a judge. I mean, I think at the end of the day, bringing it to the judge is correct. I think that's the best thing that you could possibly yeah. do. Yeah. But, um, my my whole thing is, um, in online events, does that is that a loss? Not that I've bribed my opponent. It's one of those things like it's you're not an official event. At yeah. the end of the day, like if someone said yes, or even if by offer, I think offering like it's kind of awkward in the I think like it's how many online packs could you offer me for a win before I even blink at it? It's like, uh. It was. I, I just want to know, like. Yeah, no. In this scenario, it was a bit different. I mean, with our events, of course, we follow the standard format. We try our best to just emulate like a normal official uh, league comp, in a sense, just a just a tournament uh, for PTCGO um, or Pokemon TCG. So, in in our sort of rule set, like we wouldn't allow it. Um, and the scenario was a little bit weird, where like the guy played, like he had all intention of trying to play and trying to win. And once he knew he was going to lose in the middle of the match, he tried to get his opponent to scoop for him by bribing. Bribing him. Uh, we weren't okay with that. Like personally, 
Um, it's not something that I would have, like, I would have, I would have given him the game loss. I don't know if I would have dropped him from the tournament. Maybe if he did it in other rounds, I would have been like, Hey, don't do it again. Uh, you're going to get the loss. You know what I mean? It's just not something that we want to endorse in the community and in our tournaments. Sure. Um, no, I mean, I think that's fair. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I really don't know what you could like. Yeah. We're talking about an unofficial tournament. No stipends, no nothing. Yeah. Like, I know that's I the know, thing it's too. It's like, you know, he, he was, he was, he was, bribing him to potentially win ten dollars or potentially a hundred dollars like that was the that was the the range and Sean, uh, what are your takes yeah let me know i i mean i don't i agree with maddie in that like the the idea of offering somebody a bribe for these tournaments like i get it, it i don't even know if it was for the money i i can't predict right. what this person went for but some of it may just be like hey i I've never made top eight at a big event like this and it's a big deal for them. And I get it. Like yeah. there is an element of like, you really just want that accomplishment. Right. But it's not really an accomplishment. If you bribe somebody one. Exactly. So exactly. two, exactly. I also just think that like, it, even if it's not like, it's like ethically, like it's not that horrible to be perfectly frank at a grand scale. Right. It's no. not a no, ethical, yeah. but at the same time, it's also just like, don't don't put your opponent in these awkward moments where they have to say no. That's for me. It's it's less about the pure um, like how competitive the tournament is, and more about like it's almost a courtesy to your opponent to not put them in that position to be I like, I don't want to have to say no to you. Like, yeah. Ultimately, ten a hundred dollars to Zach's point, you make more money with that amount of time working a you know a minimum wage job. So right, most people aren't doing this for the money um so yeah sorry for me like uh like to me my biggest point which would like immediately ran through my head was like if this were to get out if i would allow it then like what's to stop people from literally just paying their way to first place at every tournament like if somebody were to come in with a crap ton of money a crap ton of codes and every round in top eight he was like i'll give you 100 packs like just give me the win and then just 300 packs later he's just won the tournament and he didn't even play like what's to stop people from doing their, that you accept their deal and you're like man those were hidden fates packs damn <laughs> i got you just i got bamboozled yeah. you'll you link my next youtube video pay to win pay to win <laughs> pay to win <laughs> so yeah laser beam like a youtube channel he does like Fortnite stuff no there no, you go no. but he, he he does like lots of that. i could easily see like to your point like you know there could be like a logan paul type person out there who comes in it's just like I'm going to stream and I'm going to make a whole video about the fact that I bribed every single person to become the best Pokemon player right. in the world one day. So that's and why, like, yeah, it's kind of like the principle of it, right? It's like, I just don't want that to be a thing in the community. And, and that's why I'm a little bit scared to talk about it here. Uh, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where you're here to play. There's not a lot of money on the line. Um, if as much as you might think a top eight at a 350 player online tournament means a lot, it's just a game. It's an online tournament um you know most of these people got pretty lucky to get here anyway so just 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 play it out um and 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 try not to pay for success i don't know it, yeah it's really like at the end of the day i think it was all explained that it's like a really awkward encounter for everyone involved also while we're speaking while we're speaking on awkward encounters i like i think i don't know if you still do it maddie or if it's just like an online tournament thing in general when someone checks in i've seen a few like circumstances where someone forgets to check in the game gets played out or something like that. And at the end of the game, the player is just like, oh, I didn't check in. And then it's just like, it's up to your opponent to take the win from them. How do you, how do you deal with that? I don't like, I haven't fell into that situation, 
But I think it's one of those things where, like... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I've seen a few awkward situations with that from friends, yeah. so... So, for me, personally, like, what I used to do was I... And I, and I understand that. So, like, I would be like, listen, like, it's supposed to be game loss. Like, I know you played... Um, and you were here, but like you have to check in. It's just like part of the rules, um, and it should be a game loss. But oftentimes, what I used to do was be like, "Hey, if you, like, if I would just say like, if you guys want to count that match, like, you do that, right? I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm telling you right now, like, you can take the win. It's up to you. But that puts that that player who did play in one in a weird position. Yeah, there's a guilt thing in there, right? Right, and, and if they lost, right, so and then they get them in a weird spot. Uh, for me, what I do now is I is I DM those people. So like, if they played. And they lost, and their opponent didn't check in. I just DM them, and I'm like, "Do you want that win, or do you want to count it?" Like, just tell me straight up, uh, so they See, don't have to like... handle that uh, with their with their opponent. Um, and then I just and then I just say it, to, it out um, to both of them as if that were my decision, um, which doesn't seem like a. Split. I mean, I guess that's fair. I think it's still like a bit of. I think this the same way. Like, if you're, you, if, I don't know. I just think that's one of those things where, my opinion, it's just better to just give them the likes. Black and white. Give yeah. them, give them the win. They didn't check in. Something happens. If they have some kind of like limitless glitch, whatever, maybe have a heart or something. If they actually played it out. Yeah. I mean, I think if a player plays, they have the intention of playing the game. That's cool. Right. But I don't. Know. For me, I, it's just. Yeah, and oftentimes it's a bit different because we are the chill series. We're chill TCG. So as much as we like to say yeah. healthy and competitive, it's like we did. Like if somebody, if somebody were to um. There's a there's a few different scenarios like uh, um, I'm just trying to think like we don't take things like too super serious like I know what like what happened a few times was some some people uh, click the wrong deck when they send their challenge so like when they go into the game uh, for the tournament match they're like playing a theme deck or something um, and for me like I'll, in in other tournaments they might just give them the automatic game loss for doing that um, for me it doesn't seem fair to give them a game loss when they just click the like make one misclick and they go into a game but it it um they haven't played they haven't played any cards they're just you know they're immediately like oh oops um so what i do is i i they, i have them replay it uh, but but i i make sure that the person who who misclicked gives the the coin flip to their opponent um because you know it's at that point it, you know if if your if your opponent did win last round or they didn't it just kind of brings it up in the air so that's what i do in those scenarios which is again a very gray area but as the chill series i just don't want to give people the loss for clicking wrong once um... that's a very reasonable like penalty though to be like hey i know you misclicked we're not going to give you a game loss just you know if it, you just give give your opponent the option to choose whether or not they want to go first yeah honestly like if p if pokemon is really balanced which is what they should be right with the new you know supporter rules etc it shouldn't make the biggest differences in the world right yeah um, that's a <laughs> Yeah, putting a huge <laughs> asterisk on that one, buddy. Yeah. Uh, like, uh -oh. The but, one thing I will say though about the like checking in, um, and I actually if it is a good segue into what I hope the future of online events is going to be, I will say that you know how like in a game state, in like a regional or in an actual like, competitive setting, it's up to both players to ensure that the game state is. Um, stable or whatever the phrase maintained, maintained yeah. right? like they put that responsibility on both players and so i do think there's an element that like you know if you check in and you you know and your opponent sends you a thing just check to see if they checked in because what i've done multiple times is like i remind my opponent, hey it looks like you didn't check in just go check in real quick you know so i think that's one little bit but then outside of that i do think it 
it's fair to, in certain circumstances, tell your opponent like, hey, if you you didn't check in, I'm going to give you the game loss here because I, if you're going to play the Players' Cup or other events, yeah, 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 right. In two, and that's just like good behavior. It's like, you know, that's like a good habit to get into. For sure. Um, For sure. And um, I, I have a funny scenario, Sean, now that you mentioned that. Uh, we were in, okay, so we, in Chill Series events, we don't run check-in we don't do check-in for top cut matches anymore and here's why uh for the like after like 12 tournaments like chill series 12 somebody forgot to check in for their top eight match um i never thought it would happen i just like i i I, like i I never assumed like it didn't happen for like two months and all of a sudden one tournament some guy didn't check in uh, but they played so they played um he played forgot to check in but his opponent knew he didn't check in so he played out the match um, but he played out, but knowing that if he were to lose, he had that card in his back pocket, he could play. Um, and, uh, it was a Get very a free card. Got him. Yeah. And it was a very strange scenario. Cause I was like, I was like, you didn't check in like, but why, why are you guys playing? Cause like his opponent was trying to kind of play it smooth. Like, Oh, like you didn't, Oh, I guess you didn't check in. But like, he knew, he knew he didn't check in. They played it out. Um, the opponent who didn't check in, got the win. And, um, it was, it was something we had to deal with right because he didn't check in he got the win does it stand does it not stand um uh, long story short we don't do check-in for top cut anymore for that reason i think that's fair especially there where you're like we all know you played you all like but yeah earlier rounds and that to the to the segue i I, the one thing that i think is really interesting is um i think you talked about it last week with ldf which was what happens to online tournaments when Mm. IRL competitive play comes back. And um, one thing that I briefly suggested on on my pod like a few weeks ago, which I, I want to talk about with an actual TO, right? Like of, of yeah. an online event, big online event, is I think that Pokemon should, because inst- we know they're never going to probably, never really going to update their client to include proper regional style tournaments. Probably not. It's very unlikely. No. Um, but what Pokemon could do is they could, you know, allow online event TOs to become um, a- official or licensed or whatever, and then grant them, you know, once a month maybe, um, of like a between a regional and a, and a league cup level of CP, and like say a special like, event kind of. Yeah, kind of, but it's an online event. Okay. So, and, and what they do is they say, hey, we Pokemon, we don't run it. The same way that Pokemon doesn't run regionals, the same way that Pokemon doesn't run League Cups, right? And it's just, but you sanction certain TOs. They have to go through whatever the process is and make sure you have the right judges. Yeah. And you run it through Play Limitless, which is already a well-established. And then if they didn't run it through Play Limitless, I think um, if you're familiar with how uh, the team challenge is running through rk9labs.gg, which is a whole new service yeah. that Arcanine has launched. That could also be another service if they really yeah. want. I mean, I think I think Arcanine and Pokemon are a little bit uh, Close, tighter. Yeah. Like, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, Carlos and Dana, I'm sure, are faithful with themselves, and they have uh, their home slice Chris there. But I yeah. mean, they're definitely in bed with Pokemon in some capacity. Like, they're at every single event, and I mean, they're absolutely crushing it. Arcanine has definitely changed. Like, I know that I've been playing Pokemon since like '05, and it's one of those things where like. I remember there used to be times where there was like Twitter online pairings and I could check from my phone because the TO was tweeting them. Like I'm talking back in like 2013, like we're like 
I feel like I'm talking about black and white TVs to my kids right now. And I'm talking about, like, how cool it was that they, like, took tweets and put them on, like, an old school projector. Like, at these, like, state championships and stuff like that. So, I mean, Car Carlos and Dana and Chris and everyone at Arcanine Labs, um, they're just doing a great job. I mean, I haven't, I haven't participated in my team challenge yet. I just got pushed back to this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Congratulations for making it, Sean. I saw on uh, Twitter. Heck yeah. Crushing yeah. it out there, man. <laughs> it's a... Uh, for a guy so, who's just been playing Digimon, so you're not bad. Good in Pokemon. I was good as yeah. I uh, I have been playing a lot of Digimon. In fact, my best tournament result is Digimon, not Pokemon. <laughs> I got right. top sixteen at a at uh, basically the national event for Digimon, the official event that they did. Huge though. You take those. That's Honestly, sweet. Just like heck yeah. But but if they did that, if Pokemon were to approach big tos and say, hey, you know. Like for you, Zach, like, you know, if you minimize it so that you still require people to buy online cards to actually compete at a high level long term. Yeah. But you say to people, hey, we recognize that this is a whole new way of playing that has taken off. No, and I, I think it's one of those things where um, no one knows what a, a post COVID or kind of post COVID world looks like. Like, I think most major countries, the most important countries in the world, have access to vaccines in some capacity like i know canada's pushing like i think there used to be a point where canada and the u.s were like canada's getting pretty screwed right now too like covid sucks um and it's one of those things where i don't know if like if i got vaccinated do i want to play an elite challenge tomorrow if that was an option probably not like i'm the type of person that like i think 10 years from now i'm still going to be wearing a mask in the grocery stores because i think germs are gross and like it's just one of those things where, like, I, I actually like wearing a mask. I think it's great. Um, I, I talked about it a few times. I just think that point, like, when I play in a Pokemon tournament, I'm going to wear a mask going forward, even if it's not a requirement. I, I've, I've been deadly ill after regionals. Just be, like, people with their grimy, dirty cards and hot dog stained shirts and yeah, all man. that stuff. Like, I yeah. feel like that's where coronavirus got invented. If anyone wants to make any jokes, have you ever been to a regionals? Like, oh, no. come on, bro. What's in the Doritos, Locos, tacos in a bag, bro. But dude, true. Uh, dude. I don't know. True. Ugh. 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 <laughs> like, it's honestly cringy to me, but I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where like, I think online events have to blend in with in real life play for the like the foreseeable future. Um, regardless of anything, like I think Pokemon has created an infrastructure um, with the Players Cup that I really hope. I mean, I've talked about it before. I think there's a. I hope there's a Players Cup four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then we continue to have like one or two Players Cup a year, even when we're having a full blown season. Yeah. I mean, they just put them on a League Cup weekend where it's not important. Don't overlap it with like a regionals or an internationals or something. But it's one of those things where um, for players who want to play from home, for players. Like, I'll put it like this. Um, Hugo Lap is a player who made top four at the Players' Cup. The only international championships I've ever seen Hugo is is from NAIC. And I mean, most players who live in North America go to NAIC. That's why it's super populated. But I mean, just having the opportunity to be like, I'm playing Pokemon in Brazil. I mean, we could even look at players like um, M. Taylor, for example. Mm. Roar Tromp. I don't think Roar Tromp would have ever flew to Brazil to play Pokemon. Um, that's... To me, like you could kind of put players in a box. They're 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 not a Pramawat of the world. I mean, they're 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 getting their they're doing well because they came second in internationals. Um, but that wasn't the most expected p 
um, finish for them at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's one of those things where um, it's it's awesome. It's it's a life changing thing to play Pokemon in a different continent at such a high stakes level. And I mean, I've been fortunate enough to play Pokemon for the better half of three years at that level, four years at that level. But I mean, I think the players kept giving players opportunity where they don't have to drop yes. a few thousand yes. dollars to compete at that level. Is awesome. Yeah, I think the I think online is important. Um, like it's a it's an important outlet. Um, and just just like the players cup is an important outlet for the people that like to play in those big official um, high stakes events. Um, even though there's not like a lot of money on the line, there's a lot on the line. Um, um, and and as well for the people that like to play in their 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 uh, their locals or their local league cups or regionals, where we might have that sort of an outlet for them online as well. Um, every week or every every month or whatnot. So I think the online scene's important. Uh, make sure your cat doesn't jump out of the window, yeah. Sean. Oh, it's fine. The window is closed. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm just it's only 30 stories down there i think i think no. the cat lands i'm in a basement now i used to be okay. higher up and i'm in a basement now so it's just... yeah it's all good it's all good man here I'll, just looking uh, out for your cat bro. apparently on the yellhorn podcast we only got people who are in basements nowadays i mean <laughs> that's where i that's why that's why i have all this space because i'm in a basement hey the basements are where it's at bro it's always nice basements and cold are, in the summer yeah basements are a little bit cooler i'm a bigger guy i sweat i i'm sweating all the time basements are amazing i wish i had a basin for sure <laughs> i do not have a basin right now but i mean it's, it's yeah yeah man uh i don't know i i'm i think uh, I, I mean honestly in, like sean unless you have anything to cut the floor i, I have nothing really else i think we kind of covered yeah we went over uh, we went we covered more topics than i thought we would which always kind of happens um and I'm, i was super happy with all the things we touched on I, I I'm super excited too, and I'm excited to hear y'all's thoughts on a future episode about all the battle style stuff. Mm. So yeah, plug future episode. The hope and saviors of the game, that. please, please. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll talk about it for one minute. I just think battle styles. I'm crossing my fingers that that starts a new era of Pokemon. Mm. A lot of peeps nowadays have not played in the Delta species or the Team Magma Aqua or right. Team Rocket. Battle style seems kind of like that and more. I mean. I have a bunch of ideas for hypothetical cards where it's like this one single strike and rapid strike. It could do both, right? Like there's a lot of gameplay mechanics that they can really do with it. I know that, um, I think it was Stefan Ivanov on Twitter was going off and he said that it's kind of like a fake mechanic that Pokemon tossed us. I'm fine with fake right now. Like, I mean, Pikaram's cool. I know what I'm like. I like Pikaram. It was good to me, but you want to know what? It's one of those things where online Pokemon sucks sometimes because the format's so stale i i think i would absolutely be loving online pokemon if the pandemic happened yeah. three years ago right when right. our game like had a heart when our game had a core and you want to know what maybe it's just like like you want to know what i'm saying this right now maybe if i played buzz rock and uh desi plume yeah um, right. for hundreds of events for the better part of a year going into a full year within a month or so um i think it's one of those things where um I don't know. I, I just don't know if it's because we all play too much Pokemon. The format gets really hyper-focused. But, I mean, Battle Styles looks like it's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, obviously, we have to kind of uh, laugh that Shiny shiny Fates is coming out in, like, a month. And, I mean, if you're a collector, <laughs> this sack has a joke. That set looks busted. I can't wait to drop my whole life savings. I can't I... wait to pull up the second mortgage on the house and not tell the wife for yeah, Shiny I... Fates. 
dude seriously but, man serious i mean like I, I i i don't know where collectors get this collector's money but if, if you want to if, if, if you're a collector and you want to be featured on the podcast and let us know where you get that kind of money for sure please let me know because y'all are dropping i'm watching guys ripping up walmart packs like i go to walmart's and i'm like man do i want to play pay rent this month or do i want to uh crack open an etb if i ever found one um and it's just like and i see these pictures of people with shopping carts with like i bought a hundred etbs like yeah homie. I, it's like <laughs> i will say the card's gonna get declines ditto v in the shining fate set i feel like ditto v is gonna have lots of potential I like for that. a year or two i like Ditto. you know the, you know the ability of ditto v yeah 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 like that's one card that i'm like i don't know if right off the bat but that one gets better with time keep my eye on it yeah it'll but get... like right now for like our current standard format like i'm looking at the set and i'm like if you could ask me to drop a lemon in a bucket that's how i feel like <laughs> this set day one is going to affect our game like do i think that someone's gonna come with some kind of like evil tall amazing rare deck and put that in their deck day one 100 percent. Yeah, yeah but i mean i feel that's just so they could feel alive like colossal right like i think anyone who plays anything out of that set day one is just playing it just to play something new yeah um yeah, yeah. the same way that all these sets kind of go down i mean if you're not a collector this set's probably not for you there's some cool cards for sure i mean don't sleep on the Ten or so good cards from the sets. Did you see the alternate but... arts though for the Urshifu V Maxes, dude, bro? Those are the coolest cards I've ever seen, bro. Like, they're beautiful. Uh, yeah, they are. I don't There's know how we're gonna get them. But... Th- is it the Clobopus? I think it's the one where it's just like flip. Yeah, well, it's you should look it up. It's so I, the 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 Rapid Strike one looks way cooler. He's like meditating under a, a he's giant meditating under like a waterfall or something. And there's like a bunch of these like cramorants flying around him, and like he's like there's like, yeah, like a little clobopus going flying. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. A, a plus to whoever designed that card. I, yeah. I like the creativity. Top tier, man. Um, and it, I I would be cool if Pokemon cards looked like that. Uh, not to get into a whole new topic here, but like I feel like they're they fall into a formula. Like V Maxes are super cool, but like each one looks almost identical, just with like a different Pokemon there right like the style everything it's like completely the same i wish they just just kind of just completely went off the way off the off the rails and like made just all the cards look completely different um i don't know that's just me uh, yeah whatever I mean, doesn't matter we'll see how it goes <laughs> well i mean they'll come out with new cards i mean i kind of and unless there's anything else anyone else wants to talk i guess sean we'll just leave it to you if you have any shout outs yeah, some, shout out uh, everything. Some, yeah, slops, some some props, some slops, whatever you want to plug it everything. Toss out there, my guy. Plug, plug uh, I mean, yeah, Gyrofan on YouTube and Twitch, and if you like, if you like Digimon, if you want a different game that isn't Pokemon, and if you like the Digi stuff, Gyrofan plays is my other YouTube channel. Okay, so I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, yeah well, I'll link so, it all in the in the description. Yeah, that that's all I got to plug. Right. <laughs> okay, okay, Sean. I mean, keeping it easy. Um, yeah yeah i mean anyway yeah i mean we can wrap it up if you guys want to but uh um yeah i mean just huge shout out to to jarishan man thank you so much for coming on the podcast um i know like you're somebody like when i first came on to the youtube scene there was somebody that i like watched and somebody that i like appreciated and i reached out to you um and you did actually help me cast like chill series number four or something um which was phenomenal and i had a great time um i yeah, I remember I helped you cast one of the early chill series, and I also—it's funny—I I also helped cast one of the early Hexter events. Yeah, I think it was the first Hexter event where they got over a hundred viewers, and because they got a raid from like Azul and a couple of people, That's Ethan sweet. was also like 
what's going on here? It was, it was if you're gonna be big in Pokemon, Sean's Sean's like gonna be there somewhere with his like little yeah. puppet master hands. <laughs> that's, that's my Colbert bump, I guess. Is like just <laughs> he's just he's just the puppet. He's master surrounded by success. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we don't we don't stream like for our chill series tournaments anymore, Sean. Uh, unfortunately, I would have brought you on multiple times. It's just something hard, I... like. I'm an old man. If you're going to be streaming at 2 a.m., I'm yeah, like, Yeah, nope. exactly. That's what it's like <laughs> now. Yeah. This guy's not even reading the message until like 7 o'clock the next morning. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, big shout out to Sean, guys. Definitely go check him out on everything that he said there. Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Um, Jarvis Sean Plays on YouTube as well. Um, go check him out. And, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up check here. Zach. Get Zach to 1,000 subs Yeah, now. check out Zach. Uh the Lone Blown? Please, if y'all want to be generous, please. Yeah, the Lone Blown. I'm here starving. I'm, I'm not let into the club. I'm like, I feel like one of the kids who's like 20 at midnight. And I'm just like, man, I really wish I could get in, into the club with my friends. Um, <laughs> obviously in a post-COVID world, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, any anything helps. But yeah. Spare some change, please. <laughs> the Lone Blown on uh, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all, all of them. Uh, definitely go check him out. He makes really good content like based around the... Like, competitive uh content about you know decks and deck lists how to play them matchups and everything like that so if you're looking to get a become a better player um at a higher level then that's definitely a good place to go and uh and learn so all right guys y'all hold number four let's end it here bye